I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Renee Filipponi, in for Ian Hanamancing this week. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today that means you're about to hear our AMA about climate change and your home. July 2023 is set to be the hottest month ever recorded in human history. Heat pump sales are sizzling this summer. Record temperatures, government rebates and improved technology are among the reasons why. We're not thinking about it now. In 40 years, we're kind of going to be kicking ourselves that why is it that we can't cool off? Why is it that we can't go outside in the summer anymore? We're seeing the effects of climate change this summer in ways we never have before. It's been a record-breaking wildfire season in Canada. This week, a wildfire in BC's Okanagan region is forcing hundreds of homes to be evacuated. And just over a week ago, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency during a mass flood. Water, fire, wind, and, of course, the heat. The extreme weather is getting closer and closer to our front doors. And that means sales for things pumps, like sump pumps and air filtration systems have jumped. And that's the focus of this week's Ask Me Anything. Our AMA guest is Blair Feltmate. He's the head of the Intact Centre on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo. The centre helps Canadians adapt to the risks caused by extreme weather. It's supported by the Intact Financial Corporation, which is an insurance company. Blair answered your questions about how to adapt your home to the realities of climate change and extreme weather events. Here are a few highlights from the show. Well, let's start with heat pumps because there is some momentum around these things right now. Uh, A recent CBC.ca article quotes a vendor who says sales of heat pumps have surged nearly 50%. What is it with the popularity, popularity of these devices? Well, heat pumps give you in one-stop shopping or in one unit, a unit that can uh, cool your house in uh, the summer, but also heat it in the winter. So right now, conventionally what we've had, if you want to cool your house in, the, in the, the summer, you had an air conditioner, and then to heat it in the winter, you had a furnace. Now using uh, technology that's very similar to that which you have that runs your refrigerator, uh, heat pumps have been developed and and using a little bit of creativity and internal switching, it can function in such a way that with a very low uh, consumption of power, it can provide the, the cooling to your house in the summer and, and the warming in the winter. And many people consider this to be uh, desirable. So that that's... In a nutshell, that's a little bit about why people see it as being advantageous. And uh, and certainly they're becoming more popular. Sales of heat pumps are going up rapidly. Yeah, I've seen a lot of ads for them as well. So it seems like it's something that people um, are definitely looking at doing. You mentioned air conditionings. Um Cooling your home the good old-fashioned way, I guess. Of course, though, air conditioners use up electricity, contribute 
to the carbon footprint. And a study in uh, 20, yeah, a study in 2021 out of Arizona described the idea of providing everyone with air conditioning as quote unsustainable. What do you think of that? Uh, there's uh, there's an element of truth in it. However, uh, basically, and for most of Canada, for seven out of the ten provinces, the way we produce electricity, it, it's it's very it's it's not based on burning fossil fuels, coal, oil, and natural gas. Uh, I happen to be sitting in Ontario right now, and I think it's only about ten percent, less than ten percent of the of the Ontario electricity supply comes from uh, uh, burning natural gas. Uh, it, uh, uh, the greatest degree of electricity supply in Ontario at the moment is about 50-55% nuclear power, 20% uh, hydropower, wind, solar, and then a little bit of fossil fuel on the end. There's only in Canada right now three provinces that, that still burn fossil fuels coal to produce electricity, uh, Nova Scotia, Saskatchewan, and uh, Alberta, and they're slowly weaning themselves off the system. So increasingly so to run air conditioners the electricity supply is less fossil fuel uh, uh, dependent but at the same time uh, there uh, there's legitimacy in the, in the, in the in the point you brought up well, hundreds of people, though, Blair, and I think you definitely agree with this, have, have died and die every year from from heat. So, you know, it's almost like what can we do in the short term to make sure people aren't dying? Air conditioning seems to be sort of the way to go. But is there a way that maybe homeowners should be looking at, you know, maybe reducing how much air conditioning they have if they already have units in their home? Yeah, I mean, people can behaviorally adjust to to uh, uh, turn up the temperature a little bit and not, and not run their air conditioning as, as much perhaps as, as they currently do. There's other things you can do around a house to cool it uh, besides the air conditioner. You can have mechanical shutters on windows to keep the sunlight out. You can put uh, certain types of glazing on windows that keep the sunlight out from entering into the house and, and causing heating. We can have uh, ventilation and, and roof vents in house, houses set up such that it allows the, the hot air which rises to escape from the house. You can have uh, trees around the house providing shade, greenery to, to stop the, the impacts of direct sunlight on, the, on the, uh, the, uh, the wall of the house itself and that heat transfers into the house. All those last four or five things I've just mentioned are called uh, passive cooling and they're all good, good things to do. And they will buy you time during a heat wave, uh, such that the uh, to to keep your cool your house cool for for maybe a couple of days. But once you get up to 37, 38 degrees Celsius for an extended period of time, despite doing all those good things, the feet the heat will eventually enter into your house, and that's where uh, you need a, a, a means to cool the house mechanically. In most cases, it still is an air conditioner. Uh, I think people should think about having one cool room in their house, a place to give them respite or a place to escape from the heat that otherwise in the rest of the house or in the absence of that room might be 38, 40, 42 degrees Celsius, which pretty much nobody could tolerate. So we are going to need air conditioners, mechanical cooling and or heat pumps working in combination with passive cooling methods. Now, we've been talking about heat, Blair, but hundreds of homes were evacuated last weekend in Nova Scotia due to the flooding. So what are some steps homeowners can take to protect themselves from flooding? Uh, at the level of the home, there's a lot you can do to lower the probability that when the big storms hit, you're, you'll end up with a basement full of water. And by the way, the most expensive expression of climate change in Canada today is residential basement flooding. Basement flooding, that's the number one cost. 
but there's a lot that people can do around their homes, around the outside of the property and the basement itself to, to lower the chances that when the big storms hit, the, the, the water will fill up in their basement. And it can start with simple uh, initiatives like, uh, for example, if you have a, a sump well in your basement, which looks like a bucket below the floor in the ground with a pump in it, that if water gets into the basement, uh, the water flows into this bucket, this sump well, and there's a pump there that pumps the water outside. People should be checking their uh, sub pump ahead of the storm to make sure it actually works. Pour a bucket of water in the sump well and see does the sub pump turn on and pump the water outside. If it does, that's good. If it doesn't, you want to correct it. Uh, most people find out their sub pump doesn't work when they have three and a half feet of sewer water in the basement. Or uh, let's stick in with Nova Scotia for the moment. A lot of people, even who had sub pumps, still ended up with basements flooding because uh, the electricity went out. So what you also want to have for your home is backup electricity supply because the time you need the sub pump to work is when the big storms hit and when the big storms hit very often the electricity goes out. So you want to have a generator or battery backup supply to run the sub pump for a period of two or three days to pump the water out of the house in the event that the electricity goes out. Uh, grading around your house. You want to have grading around your house that is uh, you know, such that water flows away from the house versus towards it. Um, our group uh, meaning the Intact Center, we went into about 700 homes in uh, New Brunswick, Quebec, Ontario, and Saskatchewan and spent about an hour and a half to two and a half hours around the homes. And what we found was that for 70% of homes in Canada, some there's somewhere around the home where the grading directs water towards the house versus away from it. So you, you, you there's another element of correction there. So there's a whole series of actions people can take around their home to very much lower the probability that they'll end up with a flooded basement. And this isn't really a commercial, but it kind of sounds like it. But for the Intact Center on our website, we actually have a, a, an infographic that anybody can look at. It's free. And it's called Three Steps to Home Flood Protection. And they will find actions on that page that they can take uh, over a long weekend that let's say on a scale of zero to 100, 100 is the worst for basement flooding, they can take their home from an 80 down to a 30 almost instantly. All right. Thank you for that, Blair. Let's head to the phones now. We have Sheena McMahon. She's from Victoria. Sheena, what's your question? Um, oh, just, I just want to say, Blair, that was so interesting. I just learned so much. That's um, why we have my, him on. <laughs> yeah. Um, my question is, um, I live in an apartment, so I don't have control of things like a heat pump, which, of course, I would want to install. And I do a lot of personal things. I don't buy anything packaged in or made of plastic, uh, no petroleum products. All my clothes are natural fibers, glass containers, not plastic containers. I do a, a lot of things. But what as an apartment dweller who doesn't have control of the method of heating or cooling, um, what what can I do? Yeah. It, 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 and, and I understand Completely, what I sympathize exactly with you know that which you're you're, you're asking here. Uh, probably the best you can do is talk to other people that live in the apartment building and the building owner, the landlord, and say to them, you know, are there aspects of that which we can we we could put in place for the the building that can, for example, help to cool units? Couldn't we could we uh, 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 put glazing on windows? Could we have awnings? Could we have mechanical shutters? It and um, all of this will depend on the size of the building and, and the number of units mm -hmm. and the age of the building. Um, right. But also, it, it is, I do believe that uh, you, you should talk to the building owner, the management, and say, yeah. 
could we have a 5,000 unit, a 5,000 BTU unit air conditioner in the wall uh, just to provide cooling in one single room such that when a big, when a heat wave hits, I have at least one room to, to escape to that I'm not going to find myself in harm's way. Um, right. No. Do you have to have duct work to, to install a, a heat pump? Because we don't have duct work here. No, but one of the limitations of putting a, 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 a heat pump in a condo building or an apartment building is that there is a, there, there's a certain amount of physical restructuring that you have to engage to put the units in place. And then the question becomes, if it's a condo building or apartment building, how predisposed are, you know, the, the is the condominium corporation or the, the owners of the apartment building, how predisposed are they to, they to allow you to do this? That's why uh, heat pumps are mostly being installed in homes because people, it's their home. They can, they can modify it physically, you know, if, if they're willing to do so, um, without other without other restrictions but definitely i would form a a group within your apartment building and say relative to uh, extreme heat what are some of the actions that we could engage for the building which by the way we we have another infographic on our website that describes for apartment buildings these are the top 15 things you can do to to limit your heat risk or exposure go through those points one by one and you know, if you come up with a list of six things out of 15 that you can apply, that's pretty good. Thank you, Sheena, so much for calling. And thank you, Blair, uh, for those answers. Let's go to the phones again. Uh, and Francis McKenzie is joining us. Francis, what's your question? My question uh, is, I live in Calgary, and I live in a house, four-level split, approximately 2,000 square feet, built in 1967. We have the original furnace, and uh, we are needing to, uh, due to requirements by our insurance company, to replace that. And we were just in a uh, discussing this last night with some friends on what do we do? Do we do we go high efficiency? Uh, there was a discussion about heat pump, and uh, we're, it's sort of a quandary because trying to be responsible homeowners, um, there's not a whole lot of choice out there. That is my question. What to do? Yeah, I, what I would do if it were, uh, I would get probably two or three HVAC home uh, uh, ventilation, air conditioning uh, uh, consultants in and and or contractors in, and ask them. Say, look at this. This furnace has gone, you know, past its best before date. We have to replace it. Uh, we're probably going to replace air conditioning for a conventional high efficiency furnace combined with air conditioner. What would be the total cost and what is the whole total energy demand or usage for that system. Uh, alternatively, if we were going to go to a, a, a heat pump, uh, what would be the total cost associated with that? And what would be the base, uh, the payback period, given the fact that it's generally speaking about three times as efficient as even a high efficiency furnace combined with uh, air conditioning system. Um, the uh, the consultants that come in or the HVAC specialists that come in, they can probably also give you a pretty good sense of what is the probability that you can get a, 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 a you may be subsidized from the Canadian government through the Greener Homes Program. Money's directed towards uh, purchasing a heat pump. That can go up to $5,000, but you hit have to hit a variety of uh, criteria. But the HVAC specialists can give you a pretty good idea of if you're going to qualify for that, yes or no. So... My sense is take your, I would take my time and look at both systems, uh, get some estimates from um, a, a few sources, 
and uh, and then also look into the probability through the greener homes program. What are the chances that you can you can get a subsidy to also put uh, the heat pump in place? Okay, does that help you good. there, Francis? It sure does. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for the program. Good information. I'm speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of stories this summer, Blair, about smoke. Smoke in the air, all those sorts of things. People complaining and and concerned about the smoke getting into their homes. Is there anything people can do to protect themselves inside um, from the particles in the smoke? Yes, to a certain extent. um, There are there there are. Uh, places within your, within your home where there are vents, and really you just want to make sure that the filters on those vents are are uh, clean, up to date, and uh, you've uh, have been taken care of, and make sure that you have the proper uh, uh, filtering materials in in those vents. But um, other than that, you know, there's really not much more you can do at, at the level of being in your house, and then obviously outside behaviorally. Uh, you know, when smoke particulates are in the air and, and fairly high concentration, then you go back to, you know, quite frankly, what, what was the equivalent of the N95 mask for, for, for COVID. And it will filter out uh, fine, the fine particulates uh, more so than if you didn't use it at all. How important are trees when it comes to cooling? Well, you in around your house, you 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 want to have trees in close proximity to the house to to keep direct sunlight from uh, uh, hitting the, the the house itself. Uh, the uh, you in in cities, uh, the, the people in cities that are the most at risk of extreme heat, it's the elderly living alone, uh, people over seventy years of age living alone of limited financial means who are generally speaking by definition living in uh, relatively low income areas and what you find in these areas within cities there's not much greenery so one of the things we need to do is bring more greenery into the financially challenged areas of cities to give people a, a, a place to go to go outside and get underneath a uh, you know in the shade itself have benches there where they can get a little bit of escape from the direct sunlight. So this is something that should be uh, very uh, actively engaged. The extreme heat is coming to Canada, more so than, far more so than we have now, for sure. And, um, and we need to prepare cities for extreme heat, and we need to do so rapidly. Uh, absolutely. Let's get back to the phone lines here. Paul Adamson is fr- calling from Mount Forest, Ontario. Paul? Hi, uh, yeah. Um, I just want to share um, to uh, your point about heat pumps and air conditioners and uh, getting specialists in. I rent a house. I rent an old country house um, and uh, access to uh, a, a few things uh, like the heat pump is not quite within reach. Uh, but my wife and I have kind of devised a series of uh, fan inlet and outlets based on where shade occurs and on what windows and at what times. And we kind of uh, rearrange the house to uh, let air out and pull it up from the cold basement or things like that, just kind of to be creative about uh, cooling the home uh, without having to turn on an air conditioner. Um, and even when we do turn on the air conditioner, 
uh, it's uh, it's in the topmost room in the house, and uh, that's it. And it's only on for a little while until we, we bring the temperature back down. Paul, yep. how long did it take you to figure out that perfect little combo? Oh, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, we moved in. Uh, we moved into this house uh, a year ago in January, and that first spring we had a couple of hot days that reached thirty by surprise in late April, and uh, we 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 learned pretty quickly. Blair, what do you make of the way that Paul's going about cooling his house? I think it's very smart. I think it's very impressive. And basically what Paul's doing, it's called passive cooling. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to him. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA about climate change and your home with Blair Feltmate. He's the head of the Intact Center on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can find it by downloading or streaming the podcast at cbc.ca slash checkup or the CBC Listen app. And if you want to share comments or appear on the show, go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Renee Filipponi. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio 1 and CBC News Network next Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.